Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got a great show lined up for you. Today on the show, we're going to talk about myths. Yeah, remodeling myths. Tony's going to be a myth buster. We're both going to bust some myths today. Uh, we're going to bust some myths, and uh, and then we're we're going to determine that some things that people consider to be myths are indeed just not. They're, you mean they're true? I mean they're facts. <laughs> this is this was a, a bit of a conversation between Corey and I. I thought that a myth was something that was yet to be determined, but the fact is, um, Miriam Webster says no. A myth is indeed false. It's a falsity that's believed to be true. So there are some of these myths that are just not myths at all. Well, there's also misconceptions. Yeah. That's a, Wait, that myth, be, myth conceptions? Misconceptions. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just coined a new word. No, that would be how Mike Tyson would say it. <laughs> you have a myth conception. Uh, so we're going to talk about myth, remodeling myths. Uh, and there's a lot out there. And, and, you know, a lot of it depends on a lot of things. Um, there are certain things that have to be taken into consideration in order to determine, you know, whether or not it's a myth to you or... Uh, or Your to application. us. Yeah, yeah. The, every situation is unique. But we're going to talk about all that stuff. Well, I got I actually have a really good myth for you. Okay. Did you know that you don't have to type www when you're going to par.com? That's a myth? If you go to par.com, you don't have to type in www.par.com. Well, do you have to type in HTTPS <laughs> colon backslash backslash? <laughs> No, not at all. You don't have to type, type any of that. You just type in par.com. Here's the deal. I am, uh, <laughs> while I strive to be uh, a cutting edge sort of fellow. Um, you still type www? I'm, I, you know, here's the thing. I, I literally was thinking about this today and I typed an address into the address line on the World Wide Web. <laughs> have you heard of that? Uh, the internet? Uh and I did type www, and I think it's just because I'm not, you know, I'm just not hip. You're not tech savvy. I'm not with the times, uh, I guess. I, I just didn't realize that it was unimportant. But, well, it uh, is important. It leave was it, so important. We had leave a, we it to our listeners to let us know. He said, for the love of God, stop saying www, so I will. I'm not going to say it. The fact is, I when don't... When you say it, I'll correct it. I don't normally give out our info. Corey uh, generally does that. He's very good at that, and he doesn't do it. Uh, but in the unlikely event that I have to give it out, unfortunately, I am... Uh, I am behind the times, but Corey is trying to bring me up. Uh, I want to thank our listeners so much for sharing that with us. Uh, that I love it. That brought us a lot of laughs and some good times. And you know what? It just might make me a little bit more uh, tech savvy. More tech savvy. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh, there you go. Myth all number right, so one. Myth number two. What do you got? <laughs> Here's the thing. Of all the research that we did and all of the information that we gather from customers that come and buy from us, we work at Par Lumber Company. 
they come and buy from us and we've gathered a lot of the information. We have heard, we have heard two things, right? We've heard people say, um, I can't afford a remodel. It's too expensive, right? This is a, this is a caution, a, a cautious type person who would say, I'm just concerned that it's too expensive and I can't afford it. And remodels are just too expensive for me. Um, on the, on the other hand, you get a young person who is, um, gung ho, right. And is, um, you know, a weekend warrior type person. And you'll have that person who says, oh, remodeling is cheap and easy. No problem. I got it covered. Well, honestly, that's not entirely true either. Uh, in, in my opinion, um, and I don't know, we'll get, find out what Corey thinks, but in my opinion, it's neither cheap or expensive. Uh, you can't just say it's cheap or expensive. It's relative. It's all relative. In my opinion, Corey, it's relative to the bottom line in your bank account. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, if you've got a million dollars in your bank account, and uh, you do a $60,000 kitchen remodel, you'll be like, oh, that's cheap. Yeah, 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 that's cheap. But right. me, I'm going to go, wow, that was expensive. Yeah, and here's another here's another little wrinkle I'm going to throw in there. Corey and I both remodeled our kitchens in the last couple of years, both of us. And, uh, you know, my remodel was on the shy side of um, 20000 and Corey's was on the heavy side of forty. Right. So, I mean, how do you decide between those two? Was mine cheap and his was expensive um, or, you know, or is it just relative? And it's relative to the value of your home. It's relative to the, the materials that you buy. It's relative to all of those things, how much money you have to do the job. All of those things uh, play into whether or not remodeling is expensive or cheap. Well, and you know what I would say when you talk about it being relative I think it's also relative to your knowledge level and your capacity to do projects by yourself. Um, my kitchen remodel, yeah, it was expensive. The, the insurance company paid for a lot of it. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I was able to squeeze a pretty significant remodel in there. You know, a lot of my contractor buddies came over and said, this is easily a $100,000 kitchen. Easy. And I did it for forty. Right. So in in my situation, yeah, I did it on the cheap. Did it on the cheap, yeah, with, with a lot of things playing to your favor. Right. So, and the fact that you uh, that you have a lot of relationships that you built in the business, and you were able to leverage some of those. Um, the biggest one being mine, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Free labor. I felt very me. very leveraged uh, during that time, but he helped me. We 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 helped each other. Uh, and so, and I, that was a benefit for me as well. I was able to do mine, um, way less than anybody thought what I could accomplish for that kind of money. Everybody oh, yeah. said, Oh, you can't do that for that kind of money. You can't do that. But we did, you know, but on the flip side, somebody that says, Oh yeah, that's cheap. And again, it goes down to their knowledge level. If they look at a project and they go, Oh yeah, you know, this is this piece and I need that and I need a sink and I need that. And that's it. I mean, I'm only spending, you know, 1200 bucks on this thing. Well, are you, are you getting in way over your head? That can happen. Yeah. So it's all to me, it's about knowledge level. And of course your budget, uh, what you're willing to do, what you should do. Right. You know, if you're remodeling your kitchen, you want to save money, you, you know, 
paint your cabinets. Yeah. You know, uh, there's there's options. Another myth that plays right into the same conversation that we're having right now is that is that remodels are easy. It's easy. Well, well, those shows make it look easy. That's true. There's there's that half of it, right? Where people feel like it's easy because they see them doing it in an hour uh, on HGTV, right? Um, but here's the thing. Remodeling could be easy for anyone, but ultimately the result is going to look like it was easy and not like it was hard. And you don't want a remodel that looks like it was easy. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about remodeling myths right here on the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Don't go away. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, if you haven't already, go check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Show. Uh, all of our information's there. You can leave us a comment. Or if you want to email us, you can go to par.com. That's P-A-R-R dot com. Click on the Weekend Warrior link. And uh, you can email Tony and I any questions you have or comments. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. So today on the show, we're talking about common myths, you know, remodeling myths. In the first segment, we were kind of talking about costs and how cheap, you know, some people say, oh, remodeling is cheap, uh, which is kind of a myth. I don't know. It can be cheap. You know, it's relative to what you think. uh, But some people say that it's expensive. Right, right. And you kind of said, well, it's not cheap or expensive. I mean, I guess when you say expensive... Quality plays a huge role in those questions, right? You could spend a lot on those products. You could buy the most expensive products that are there, or you can be looking for the least expensive products. You can uh, you can literally make it a cheap thing, right? But then the other thing we need to consider, Corey, is what is a remodel? What constitutes a remodel? How big does a project have to be before it's a remodel? Is just replacing the countertop a remodel? Sure. I mean, if just replacing the flooring or what about just painting the entire interior of the home? Is that a remodel? Some aspects of a remodel are inexpensive relatively, especially if you could do it yourself, which is another remodeling myth. A remodel is not a DIY project. Not entirely. You can do some aspects of it yourself. But there are parts of it that you should not be doing unless you're a professional. Electrical, for one. Plumbing. Plumbing, for another one. Structural changes to your project. Absolutely. If you're not a professional, these are not things that you do unless you're a professional. So you hire a professional. When you hire a professional, it becomes a project that is not entirely DIY. So myth that remodeling is DIY is absolutely not. In some applications. Right. In in most applications, unless, of course, you're the homeowner 
and a contractor. And he's going to do it himself. <laughs> and that's okay. But he's a professional. So, well, that kind of leads me to another myth. Um, there is, I've heard this so many times. I don't need permits. How many times have you heard that? Oh, a lot of times. And in, in some cases, it's true. But if you're remodeling your home, you're going to need a permit. If you're just replacing the countertops in your kitchen, you're not. You see, there's a remodel and then there are small remodeling type projects, right? Depends on the scope of your project. But you would not want to assume that you don't need a permit and not apply for one or not at least do some research or ask some questions. Yeah, that's the best course of action. Call the city and just ask them. Say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Do I need a permit? The recourse from doing work that needed to be permitted and was not after they find out is not worth taking the risk. You are absolutely right. And a lot of that time it comes out at your home inspection. Right. They'll they'll go in and look at a project and they'll say, man, was this permitted? Right. And they go to the city and the city says, oh, no, we will need to go through that before you can sell the house. That what could cost you the sale of your home. And it could cost you the sale of your home to the degree that you have to go back now and get the permit to do the work, right, that's already been done. And that <laughs> can be a major challenge. Corey and I have literally dealt with people that have been, that have had to deal with this situation. And uh, it's tough. It's a tough road. Absolutely. Yeah. Another myth that I hear all the time is that it's cheaper to renovate an old home because, you know, they don't make them like they used to, <laughs> which is another myth. Which is another myth. Yeah, those myths go hand in hand right there. Uh, here's the facts. The fact is that they don't make them like they used to. For a reason. But the but what goes along with that is that we're glad they don't make them like they used to. Folks, they used to stuff newspaper in the walls to insulate the walls. We have better insulation now. They used to build houses on river rocks <laughs> yeah, as foundation. Yeah. I mean, these are the sorts of things that they used to build. Sure, if you look at uh, really old homes, the craftsmanship in them is tremendous. They've spent a lot of time and money and effort. It was a true craft to build a home. Right. Uh, a lot of those interior uh, pieces, they use real wood, and it's done really, really well. However, um, it's, not inex it's not inexpensive to renovate one of those homes. Right. Especially if you want to bring it up to today's standards uh, for weatherization, for weatherproofing. I mean, these are the sorts of things that are important to me, and I'm sure they're important to you. Uh, when you crank that furnace on, and, and you're pumping that mo heat. Yeah, most of that heat's going to your right. attic or outside, uh, or, and you've got leaky windows. I mean, it's... If you've got a really warm front porch because your front door can't hold the heat in, <laughs> uh, that's costing you money. And so it can be very difficult to renovate an old home. And what I think what that... What, we really want that to sound like is they don't put the effort into new home building that they did back then. This, this I believe is true. It has become more streamlined. There's a lot more people doing it. 
um, there's not so much effort because of technology and all of those things. And has that resulted in uh, some corners being cut in some cases by some contractors? Yeah, that's happened. Um, so there's some truth to the effort that went into homes that were crafted a hundred years ago. The technology that we have today and the new products that we have today are affording us a result that's much better. I agree with you. Newer homes that are built today by quality builders far and exceed any home built, any home built a hundred years ago right? or 50 years ago. Uh, even homes built in the 80s and 90s. I, <laughs> I mean, those a lot of those houses were... Uh, I don't know what it was about the 80s and 90s, but there was some weird building practices that came down. You know, the the code changes, they happen every year now. They they adopt new codes that make homes better. They do these things for a reason. Safer, um, more efficient. But sometimes they do uh, in, introduce code changes that aren't necessarily uh, correct for that environment. Um, back in the 80s, early 90s, um, they were putting visqueen in the walls. Yeah. They quickly learned uh, after a few years of building that way that that was a bad idea. Uh, too much moisture, too much condensation was causing buildings to rot out. So that was, they retracted that. So it really depends. Saying Just saying that they don't build them like they used to and using it as a negative connotation to new homes, I think is a total myth. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Hiring a friend or a family member is going to save you money in That's the long true. run. That's true. That is true. Because I had you come over. That's right. And that saved me a ton of money. Right. Uh, <laughs> hiring a friend or a family member uh, will save you money. That's that. That's not always <clears throat> true. It can be. Yeah. First of all, you got to be able to work with your friend and your family. And, uh, and you have to remember that um, if you're asking them to do favors for you, they're going to probably want favors in return. So is there value in that, right? The time that you're going to have to spend making up for the work that they did for you. And then if you have, are doing a major remodel and you're having a family member do it, you just need to make sure your affairs are in order, right? That could cost you a family member. I guess it's the whole thing about mixing family and business. You hire your family to do something, it it almost never works out. Yeah. Might save you money, but it might cost you something else. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, more weekend warriors and remodeling myths. Don't go away. Built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about common myths. And uh, before the break, we were kind of talking about old houses. You know, they don't make them like they used to. And Tony, you kind of made a joke. It's there's a reason. Yeah, you know, there's a reason they don't make them like they used to because uh, we have new technologies. We have better built homes than we did back in the day. You know, back in the day, old houses they weren't even bolted down to the foundation. Right. It hasn't even been that many years ago since it wasn't. Yeah. 
it's not going to hold up nearly as well as a house that has been engineered and designed with sheer walls and those sorts of things. But another thing that goes along with a, a lot of the older homes, any home built before 1977, you need to worry about lead. So let's talk a little bit. There's a, There are some myths surrounding lead that I think we should talk about. Yep, I think we should too. Um, so here's the, here's the, I'm just going to lead right in. Here's the first one. Lead poisoning. This is a myth. Lead poisoning is not a problem anymore. We took all the lead out of paint and gas. And the fact is that they did take lead out of paint. They did that in 1978. But they didn't take all of the paint that was painted prior to 1978 off of the walls. And so that paint remains in older homes. Homes older than 1977 um, were painted with paint that... uh, that had lead in it. So that remains. We we continue to remodel and renovate homes that are older than 1977, and that lead is still there, and that lead is still a problem. Well, here's another myth. Only kids who eat paint chips get lead poisoning. You know, you ever use that on your brother's? Yeah. Yeah, I always, hey. He, he ate a lot of paint when, you when say he was a kid. When you yeah. say something uh, silly, they say, what, do you eat paint chips? Yeah. <laughs> As a kid. Don't mind him. He, yeah. he ate a lot of paint when he was a kid. <laughs> I mean, there there is truth to that, but that's also a myth because uh, the lead that's in paint uh, is very easily, it very easily comes out when you sand it uh, on older wood windows as they're uh, rubbing against each other that lead will drop down and land on the windowsills. In the form of a powder. Correct. A very fine powder. Correct. And when it's in that powder form, when a child touches it, and children do what they're going to do, which is put everything in their mouths yep. and touch their toys, and their toys can be covered with lead, yep. and their hands can be covered with lead, the floors. So this is still a, a big deal. As a matter of fact, it's less often that kids are actually putting paint chips in their mouth. That's that's not even the number one problem. The number one problem is the dust, of course, that's created from it, and that dust has lead in it, and that's what's making the kids sick. Yeah, there's another myth that, uh, that kind of goes around, because I think people have this idea of, you know, a, a house that has lead or kids that have lead poisoning. Uh, they think of like an old rundown house with paint chips falling off the walls and, you know, a decrepit old neighborhood. That's not even the case. Definitely not. Uh, Only poor or inner city houses have lead. That is a total myth. Yeah. Almost every house built before 1977 has lead in it. And there are simple ways to test for it and mitigate it. Yeah. But you have to do the work. You have to to do it. You can't just uh, ignore it and expect it not to be a problem. Uh, It's not going to be a problem for everyone, but uh, you're not safe from the potential problems if you don't at least check and make sure it's not there. Well, here's another myth. Only kids with high levels of lead in their blood are harmed. Uh, That is completely false. Kids, children with low levels can... have long-term effects. Yeah, such as uh, ADHD, they can have behavior problems, lower IQs, lower test scores. Yeah. Um, It's a toxin that is detrimental to a child's development. Yeah. Here's another myth. Um, If parents just watch their kids more closely, uh, it wouldn't be a problem. And the fact is... it's not true. It's just not true. Um, 
even well-supervised children are at risk because you can't watch everything that's happening all the time. Actually, probably a better um, a better myth would be it, you know, parents that are super, super clean parents, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, actually um, parents that test for lead, right? Um, if you were testing for lead, then that's how you're going to protect your children. Uh, not by, not by, uh, supervising them more often, right? That's not going to solve the problem. Yeah. And again, the lead isn't just in the paint. It's everywhere as it, as it wears down and turns into dust. That's where the lead is. And that's where the problems can, can arise. Yeah. The paint over year, over the years breaks down. And when it breaks down, it turns into dust. And and that's where the problem is. Yeah. Um, you know, another one is... Uh, asbestos. Asbestos. Yes. There's a lot of uh, myths surrounding asbestos. I, lear- I actually learned something about that today. I did not know, Corey, that uh, mesothelioma, which is um, something that you hear about on the television, on the radio, all the time, uh, very common... Uh, mesothelioma is directly related to asbestos poisoning. Yes. And I did not know that. Here's another myth. Or here is a myth regarding uh, asbestos. Did you know that asbestos is not banned in the U.S.? Oh, no, I assumed that it was. Yeah. In uh, 1989, it was banned for use in a lot of materials. But it's still available in things like uh, brakes, clutch components for auto for cars, some construction materials, even clothing. Specialized clothing contains asbestos. Really? So it's not necessarily banned. It's just banned from from a lot of the products that were uh, readily available and used in a manner that could cause you harm. Wow. Here's another one, Corey. If you find asbestos in your home, you should remove it as soon as possible. That is completely false. Completely false. Most of the asbestos that's in your home, if you have asbestos in your home, it's perfectly, if it's perfectly intact, it is of no harm to you. And it should just be left alone. If in, if you're disturbing it or if you're doing a remodel and you're um, disturbing it, then that's when it becomes a problem and that's when you need to uh, have it professionally removed. Yeah, professionally removed. That being the key there. Another myth surrounding asbestos and mesothelioma is that mesothelioma, mesothelioma is the only disease caused by asbestos. The fact is that it asbestos it has got its fingers in a lot of things, uh, like asbestosis. Um, other asbestos-related conditions include pleuritis, pleural effusion, and I'm not a doctor, right? COPD. Um but mesothelioma, I feel like, has got a lot of backing, and it's got a lot of uh, marketing, and they're really trying to make people more aware of that. And even though I heard about it a lot, I had no idea that it was asbestos-related. Yeah. Uh, here's one last one regarding asbestos. Um, all masks protect you from asbestos, and that is not true. Uh, there are specialized masks uh, that have... Uh, the correct filters in them that will protect and filter out asbestos. Not all of them do. 
Yeah, that's a scary, that whole thing is a scary thing. Lead and asbestos, those things are scary, but you need to be thinking about them in, in, in a situation where you are considering a remodel in a home older than 1977. And that's really where it's at. A lot of people don't live in older homes and they don't have to worry about that stuff. 1989. And I, oh, before 1989. Anything before 1989? Oh, because of the asbestos, right. Um, so anyway, if, if you live in an older home and you're thinking about renovating or doing a remodel that's going to require, you know, um, messing with the sheetrock or, or whatever that that is, right? Uh, you just need to consider it. Test it. And you know what? Even if you're not doing a, a remodel, but you're in an old home, test it. A, a, asbestos kit. Asbestos kit or lead paint kit are very inexpensive, easy to source, and easy to use. Absolutely. So go get it and check it out. I mean, I, I don't live in an older home, but if I did, I guarantee you I'd be on Because it. knowing is half the battle. <laughs> That's right. we got to take another quick break. When we come back, more Remodel Myths with Tony and Corey. Don't go away. to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about common remodeling myths. You know, we kind of brought it down in the last segment. We are talking about asbestos and lead. Yeah. Uh, these sad. are the things. Really, the one you, I think, is more important is lead. Uh, asbestos, you know, people like to freak out. They see it or they move into an old house. And they say, is that asbestos? And they think just walking in the house, they're going to get cancer. That's not the case. Asbestos is very... Um, contained. Contained. And it's and you if as long as you don't disturb it, it's no problem. Right. It just stays put. Right. Uh, but lead's a different story. Lead works its way out and uh, it turns into dust and it can really cause health problems to your children. But let's talk about something a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made this statement when uh, before the show, Tony and I were talking and, you know, we were kind of doing our research. And I'm, I told him, I said, some one of the myths that I found that you wanted to add that I wanted to add is... Uh, don't follow or follow, always follow the latest design trends. That's a myth. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I thought that it wasn't. I thought that maybe you were mistaken because you are on that all the time. You were like, no, that's going to be out. That's going to be out in a year. That's going to be out in six months. That's going to be, you know, that's going to fall away quickly. And uh, and I like design trends. I, I enjoy seeing them in catalogs or uh, on TV or, uh, you know, whatever. And, and I think that they're fun and they are, the fact is, of uh, doing something that's, um, that's new or up and coming or but here's really hot right now is fun. You still have beanbag chairs in your living room and shag carpet. There's nothing wrong with shag carpet. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's the lime green shag carpet. I think that, uh, and here's the thing. You got no room to talk. You have, and I saw them in your Christmas decorations, faux deer heads. Well, you ha you have them deer heads. I, you had like eight in well, your house. They're they're Christmas reindeer. Well, I think it's time to get rid of them. Faux deer Not heads. Yet. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, you know, and I make this statement: always follow the latest design trends. Uh, it's dangerous. It's a it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it's a dangerous if you, game. If you're always on the cutting edge of design, which we all know is very fickle, 
if you're always out there and you have the latest and greatest design trend, some of those things get, are in and out so quickly. Uh, like faux deer heads. Faux deer heads were such a huge thing. Like the white ones. Yeah. Those white, uh, they look like almost like paper mache, but those were so popular a couple years ago. And now designers are like, no, yeah, those are out. Totally yeah. out. Yeah. Get rid of those. Um, open shelving. I, I said this one and you got kind of mad because you love the open shelving. I mean, and I, I still agree. Do, yeah. I like it. Uh, but I think you can get overkill in these things. Yeah. We actually went to a house uh, that was remodeled a couple of years a ago. Tour of remodeled homes two years ago. That had very industrial looking black pipe. Uh, open shelving. Open shelving. Right In the kitchen. In the and kitchen. it was a grand kitchen. A huge kitchen. This was a major remodel. But, a, a million dollar remodel. Right. But on that leading edge, I mean, I think people have realized that the open shelving is a terrible idea because you you can't close the doors. <laughs> you know, it always has to look neat and clean. And if you have children, open shelving is the worst. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want those Spider-Man plates out for everybody to see. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that it could be a lot more work as far as cleaning. But if you're the kind of... Uh, you're the kind of person that that enjoys keeping a, a perfectly clean place, then, you know, maybe it's for you. Uh, that's the thing. Um, I mean, it depends on what market you're selling your home in, right? If you're if you're selling a million dollar home in a certain area, um, maybe that's not the kind of home that a that a, a young family would be moving into. Right. Um, and so uh, it depends on it. Um, but there are a lot of a lot of new design trends, right? That are, that are hot now. And then, you know, a certain period of time, potentially they go away. I feel like Corey feels like that things go away much faster than they do. Well, like here's one. Okay. Big lettering that explains what the room is. I, I have not seen that really. Yes, you have. No. You have it in your home. That explains what the room is or whatever, like a wall. Like, you, you have a big wall of pictures and a big sign that says family. Well, that's... Or in your kitchen, you have a big sign that says eat, wine. I mean, these very popular. You have them in your house? I have some downstairs. Yeah, well, if it's if it's a border wallpaper, right, then it can be a problem. But if it's just <laughs> hanging on the wall, then it's no, just decoration, right? that's what right? I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, it's just a design trend. Here's one that Corey absolutely hates. My vessel sink. I don't hate it. Well, you told me right out of the box. You said, why did you do that? That's going to that's gonna be passe in a year. And it is. Well, I, I disagree with you, right? I feel like that it is still popular. They're still selling them. They're still making them. Uh, they're still popular. Maybe It may not be as popular as it was when it first came out. Um, but somebody's not going to choose not to buy my home because I have a vessel sink in my true, guest bathroom, true. right? Um, but... Over time, a longer period of time, let's talk about something that was a long time ago and is definitely out, right? Sponge painted walls. Oh, man. You remember this? Oh, yeah. They would get these big seafoam sponges. And just blot and different just colors. And just blot different colors on the wall. Okay, that's gone. Uh, whatever people were doing with that, that is no longer. But it was acceptable. all the rage. It was so cool. But that was also like in, Back the, in 90s, the late 90s, right? Yeah, in the 90s. That was a long time ago. Um, here's the thing. You got one on here that says the all white kitchen. The all white kitchen is not dead. It's, no. it's for the right person in the right situation. Sure, sure. Right. Um, some of these things, 
But here's one that's gone. Driftwood. Oh, yeah. Driftwood. Yeah. Anything that is, unless you're at the beach or on the beach. Um, <laughs> or love the beach. Decorating your house. Maybe you're a sailor. Decorating your house like the beach, unless you're on the beach, is a problem. Um, <laughs> Not a problem. Whitewashed. If you like it, you like it. Whitewashed I'm just saying. oak cabinets. <laughs> yes, okay. There you go. We're we're actually um, we're actually talking about things that are going to um, make it difficult for you to get the highest dollar for your home, right? <laughs> Whitewashed oak cabinets is a problem. But hey, they always make a comeback. Okay, let's Brass talk about. Is on the way here's back a couple in. of specific color. What rose rose, rose gold. gold? Yeah. Uh, here's a couple of specific colors for you: avocado green, harvest gold. Oh, yeah. Those colors, right? But then I see these new appliances that are coming out that look old. They're retro appliances. Well, retro's in. Yeah, this is the retro refrigerator, the retro range. It's trendy. That's very trendy. It's back for a time, right? And then it's going to be gone again. And the people are going to go, man, that's lame. Uh, Here's here's a big one that went really gone. Popcorn ceilings. Huh? <laughs> Who's, whose terrible idea was that? I don't know, but the ones with People the silver fleck in it. People spend a lot of money getting rid of that. You huh? know the silver fleck ones? Yeah. It's kind of shiny. Sparkly. Yeah, whoever came up with that. I mean, the, it was 70s. Yeah. Had to be. Um, You wrote down here, a big heavy window treatments. Yeah, gone. Yep. Gone. Sleek and, uh, and slim is definitely the order of the day for sure. You uh, know, another one that is uh, completely gone is... Uh, streamlined casing. Oh yeah. Or uh, they call it clamshell casing. Yeah. You see that? You saw that in every single house in the '90s. It was very thin. Uh, came down. You know, it, it was kind of curved. Every single house had it as the baseboard. They had yeah. it around the trim around the windows. I haven't seen a stick of that in no. ten years. No, it got replaced by colonial casing. Colonial. It, well, now colonial's out, and now it's just molded molded casing. Just one by four. Or that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Square. Yeah, they definitely... You put style. on here exposed Edison bulbs. Yeah, they're very trendy. But they're just bulbs. I know. that. I'm, I'm not saying it's a big deal. I'm just saying trendy, it's trendy. But they're very cool, and you've got them. I do. And they are neat. I've got them, too. I really like those. Edison <laughs> bulbs are very cool. LED, lost a long time. That's another myth, actually, right there. You know... uh, LED bulbs are not so expensive that you can't go and buy them and replace all of the bulbs in your house right now. It it used to be Mm -hmm. since you and I have been doing this show, I can remember when they were super expensive and we were like, go and get a few at a time so you don't break the bank and start to replace the bulbs in your house because they last a long time. And before you know it, you will have replaced them all. And that is what you want to do because they use less uh, energy there. It's it's cost effective, less money to operate them than the other, and they last a long time. But that's simply not the case anymore. They still last a long time. They still are more energy efficient, except now they're not expensive. Mm-hmm, they're they're mm-hmm. absolutely affordable. You can get them for somewhere around, depending on where you go and, and what you get, a dollar a bulb. And that's just not bank break worthy, in yep. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Hey, we've got to jump out of here and take another quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, more myths, myths that are confirmed, myths that are busted, uh, and all of that good stuff. You won't want to miss it. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. 
Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today on the show, we've been talking about remodeling myths and uh, constructing any building myths, I guess. And even Tony had some myth conceptions. Yeah, myth conceptions. <laughs> uh, you know, if it's, if it's, and we determined this at the beginning of the show, if it's something to believe that is believed to be true, but is not true, then it's a myth. So uh, if it turns out that it is true, it's not a myth. It's just a myth conception. <laughs> I don't think that's the right word either. Um, uh, so let's get, let's move down the list. We got some more. We got a lot, um, a lot of ones that don't require a lot of conversation, but, but here's one that's kind of a big one. And, and I know that everybody believes this. This is a myth for you, Corey. Any remodel is a good remodel and adds value to your home. Yeah, that is totally not true. This is absolutely a true myth, right? Because uh, it does not, N not every remodel. There are so many things that uh, people want to do to their homes. Some some things that they do to make it more comfortable. Some things they do to make it worth more money. Some things that they do to make it more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons to remodel uh, because it's old and you're not comfortable there. But not everything that you do is going to be considered a good remodel and not everything that you do is going to result in added value. There's a few of those things, of course, that we can talk about. Well, and, you know, it's the difference, though, is added value versus recouping your cost, right? I mean, you could put uh, a pool in, but if it's value to you, what does it matter? You know, I mean, it, you may not recoup the cost on it. But it's the cost, you know, the value at the end when you sell it. Sure, you're probably not going to make any of that money back. That's the big, that's what you have to be talking about, right? You have to be talking about one, are you going to just recoup what you have into it? Just that. Uh, and then let alone adding value over and above what you would be getting for the house, anyways. Right? I guess it just depends on what your intentions are. And then you have a third element to that possibility. You could, per, you could do. A remodel, right? Do a remodel project in your home, and in the end, it decrease. could result in a decreased value of your home. For instance, uh, turning, and this is kind of a myth, turning your garage space into an extra bedroom. Yeah, people feel like that that is a, a very good idea, and it's inexpensive. It's an inexpensive way to add square footage to the living space of your home. And the fact is, in our opinion... That's a myth. Well, in a lot of people's opinion, uh, it's getting uh, rid of the garage is a, a bad idea. Going to be detrimental to the resale value of your home. Now, some people might not care. Right. If it's something that you've got to do, hey, look, if grandma can't afford her rent anymore. Because she got ran over by a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so now you're having to watch over her. Um, 
you know, converting the garage in order to give her a comfortable place to live because she can't afford something else. Well, then that's the reason why you're doing it. And it's not because you want to add value to your home or because you want to recoup what you owe on your home. Instead, you're going to take that hit for grandma. Yeah, a and good, that's understandable. When it comes to the garage, a good idea is if you are going to convert that garage space, uh, make it something temporary. That's always a good idea. Leave the garage door, uh, just build a wall in front of it, do what you need to do, uh, and make it temporary. I feel like I need to tell this story. Go ahead. Um, well, the the house that the house that we lived in fifteen years ago, right? Um, we lived in a house of 15, it was a very small house. It was 900 square feet. And we were, you know, we had a young family of four. It was a three bedroom, one bath. <laughs> and, uh, and we needed some more room. We really need a place for the kids to go and play without destroying, uh, you know, everything in the house. So we decided to, to convert the garage. But what we did was we built up the floor. We built a, a wood frame on top of the floor. And it was floating, not attached to anything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We sheeted it. We put down some stick, sticky uh, adhesive tiles on the floor. Um, we stood a wall up on there, and uh, we attached it to the the garage walls, and and we sheetrocked that wall. But when when we were done, the room was usable, absolutely usable. But when we sold the house, before we sold the house, we were able to take that whole thing out, and it was just as if it had never been there. That is the way to convert a garage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so if that's what your idea is, then that's a good idea. But turning your garage permanently into a room and then trying to sell a house with no garage is not a good idea. For the most part. Right, for the most part. Let's talk about contractors a little bit because uh, a lot of people like to hire contractors to do their work, but they're not always sure about the contractor. Um, a good myth would be good marketing equals good contractor. When you say good marketing, the first thing that comes to mind is a big truck with flashy uh, logos on the sides, right? Just because a contractor's got a, a truck or a couple of trucks with his company name splashed all over the sides of it uh, doesn't make him a good contractor. It makes him a good marketing person, right? Sure. And that's a big part of his success or her success um, that you have to be able to market yourself as a contractor, but that doesn't make them a good contractor. A, a good reputation makes a good contractor, and you can get that information from people who have used their service right and liked it, uh, or people who have worked with them in the business. Like Par Lumber Company, for example, is a great place to go and get references for. Builders and remodelers. Um, you can yeah, learn. Well, we are a good source. Part Lumber is a good source for uh, referrals. And that's typically your best options to get a referral from somebody that you know, somebody that you trust on projects that they've done. And the, be- the best thing to do is after you get those referrals, talk to the contractor and get more referrals. Talk to some of the other customers that he has, or he or she, has done projects for and talk to them. Another thing that you're searching for is the best price, right? Uh, when you're looking for a contractor, you're choosing a contractor that's giving you a good deal or that you feel like is giving you a good deal. The low bid is not always the best bid. As a matter of fact, folks, honestly, the low bid is rarely 
the best bid. Um, just because the contractor is using maybe the least expensive products um, or potentially cutting corners uh, does not make that the best bid. I am always wary of the lowest bid. And that makes me ask questions. Why are you the lowest? Let's compare your list to this guy's list and let's figure out why. Is it in the labor? Okay, now we're talking, right? You quoted the same list that guy quoted, but your labor is substantially less. That's that's something, right? That's a big deal. He can explain to you, well, that's because I'm going to be able to do it faster or I've been doing it for a long time. As long as there's an explanation accompanying the lowest bid that you understand, then that makes sense. We got to take another quick break. When we come back, more remodeling myths right here on the Weekend Warriors with Tony and Corey. Don't go away. Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today on the show, we've been talking about remodeling myths, renovating myths, uh, and and myth conceptions. <laughs> um, so we, we we were talking about the lowest bid. The lowest bid is not always the best bid, and I don't want to beat that dead horse, but um, some of the reasons why um, were because of cost of materials and cost of labor and and uh, and those things. There's another myth. You ready for this myth? All materials are created equal as long as they look the same. Well, that's just silly. Well, it is silly, and I don't know why anybody would say that, but the fact is that somebody must have, or it wouldn't have been typed, It was somebody wouldn't have made the comment, right? Well, maybe people that don't know better uh, would think that. I think we are in the industry, so we know uh, certain materials and certain products aren't very good for certain applications. Yeah, it's like this. A two by four is a two by four is a two by four, right? Well, not really. But it's not. I mean, because there's dry two by fours, there's green two by fours. But the average right? person might not know that. Right. So, But so, how often do you see people using uh, like MDF molding? In a bathroom. Right. Instead or of a shower Instead surround. of a solid sawn like hemlock. Right. Yeah. They, they don't know that that product. When it gets wet, will fall apart. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. So the fact is, folks, that all materials, even though they look the same, are not always equal. There are specific products for specific jobs. If you've got a, if you've chosen a contractor that you trust, he's going to know that stuff. And if he, if he's not sure which way to go, a good contractor will ask you. Hey, what do you want to do in this case? This is what I know about it. You need to you need you need to make this decision. Um, it's all about that. You know, choosing the right contractor is a big deal, and uh, don't take that lightly because that is the hearthstone of your decision making as you go forward. I mean, you have to have that right. If you get that right, everything else is going to work out. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, if you choose a good contractor, they're going to choose the best materials for that job. Or if you're doing it yourself. You can always come in and ask. Yep. You can come to Par Lumber and ask, what should I do in this application? I think a lot of people are afraid to walk in to the front counter of any Par Lumber store and say, hey, I'm uh, I'm building this. What should I use here? 
Right. They don't want to feel uh, or seem like they don't know what they're doing. Right. So they come in and they just spurt it out and they say, I want this. I always ask. I try to, uh, as a salesman at Parlumber, I say, well, what are you using it for? Yeah, that's the best question. And a lot of times, no joke. Okay, you don't want to use that. I'm going to give you something else. This is a better choice. And here's it's a better why. value. Yeah. You know, it's going to perform better. Uh, there, there are lots of people at Parlumber that can answer those sorts of things. Absolutely. And help you. Here's another. Here's another myth right along the same lines as that. This is a myth. Buying the highest quality material attracts more buyers when you're selling your home. There's a big leap from any material to the highest quality material. Um, and you don't need to buy the highest quality material all the time to get the best uh, value for your home. The fact is, sometimes you do. Sometimes the best quality material is the only way to go. But sometimes things are over-engineered. Mm, you ever find products that are just over-engineered? Well, like a... Uh... A thousand dollar faucet? Yeah, for example. Yeah. It's it's not necessary to spend the most money to get good quality, right? Well, maybe that thousand dollar faucet has got 24 karat gold plate. <laughs> and maybe you don't want anything less than 24 karat gold plated. Well, that's your deal. But there are products out there that are more expensive. And sure, they might have some quality um, that makes them that expensive, but that doesn't mean you need it in your home. And here's another great example. If your home is worth a hundred thousand dollars, a thousand dollar faucet is a bad idea. You're not going to get a thousand dollars out of it when you resell the home. You're not. There are places, there are homes. There's a, there's a whole market of homes that can have a thousand dollar faucet and get that money out of it. But there are homes that you won't. You have to put products in your home based on the neighborhood, right? And the value of homes around that, comparable values of homes around that. Uh, you could be spending too much money on something for your home in, for the area that you're in. Yeah. I, I don't know what right. better way to say it, right? Um, so you need to spend the proper amount of money on your things, not necessarily if you want to recoup. If you want to recoup the cost, right? That's right. I mean, and if you, you live in a hundred thousand dollar house and you want a ten thousand dollar faucet, then buy it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but here's another thing to take into consideration: How long are you going to be in the house? If you're if you're making these upgrades because you're going to sell it and you want to get that money out of it, then then that's the wrong decision, right? If you're going to live in the house for 10 years, and you want that quality because it makes you feel more comfortable or because you know it's going to last a long time, then absolutely go for it. Uh -huh. um, just You just have to sort of check your expectations at the door and know where you're going. Give me another one. Um, I hear this all the time. Remodels, I don't want to do a remodel because it's just going to take too long. I think that's a myth. I think any remodel, as long as you plan, you budget, and you do everything properly up front, a lot of the legwork that goes into a remodel, you can do beforehand. Like uh, in my kitchen, for example, uh, my kitchen remodel took so long. It did take a long time. because A lot of it was because I didn't know what I was doing. 
for the most part. I had to ask a lot of questions. Um, but a lot of the decisions that needed to be made, you know, hey, what color paint you want? Oh, crap. I didn't even think about that. Uh, what tile do you want here? What knob pulls do you want here? Do all of these questions uh, that an experienced contractor or an experienced person would know. If I remodeled another kitchen, it would go probably twice as fast. I've got another myth for you. It's really popular right now. Building green. People say it's too expensive. Oh, that is a total myth. I agree. How do you put a price on your health? You're right. Uh, green building is much more than just buying uh, low VOC paint or products that were, you know, they have a green label on them. Green, green construction uh, has a lot to do with saving building materials that go into your building. It could be potentially using uh, recycled wood and recycled wood is a lot cheaper than brand new wood. You know, cost of manufacturing of it. Uh, you can go down to your local store and find used pieces and, and use them. Uh, actually, the city of Portland uh, just passed, or the, the state of Oregon, I should say, just passed a provision on using uh, recycled wood. Before, it wasn't allowed because it wasn't didn't necessarily have a stamp. But because you're using recycled wood, they're gonna use they're gonna go ahead and authorize you to use it with a specific grade of two and better. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I, I agree. There is a lot of mm, there's a lot of information that surrounds being more efficient, <clears throat> being environmentally friendly, and a lot of that results in a healthier scenario inside oh, yeah. of your home. Better air quality and a more efficient heating and cooling system that will eventually save you money in the long run. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, there are some aspects of it that are more expensive than the alternative. But in the end, ultimately, it's going to save you money uh, and you're going to be better for it. Well, here's a good example. Using LED bulbs. We all know LED bulbs are a little more expensive on the front side. Up front, right. But they also last for 15 years. Right, right. So how often are you replacing that 99 cent incandescent bulb where now you put one bulb in, you walk away for a long time? And it requires less energy to operate and it's brighter. Yeah. So there's a lot of things about it. Um, I disagree. I, I feel like that. I feel like that myth is uh, it's absolutely totally busted. absolutely busted. Yeah. OK, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up our show on remodeling myths. Don't go away. to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, you know, we've been talking about myths, Tony. Yeah, myths. You know, the, the probably the biggest myth is uh, that you you never get hungry while you're remodeling? I don't know. Is that a myth? I don't think that's a myth. Um, <laughs> you definitely do. If that were a myth, it would be a myth conception. Um, uh, because indeed you get hungry and you have to feed your body. Energy is required to accomplish these tasks. And the best way 
to do that is by grilling an amazing recipe from Mr. Barbecue. What's up, Mr. Barbecue? I am doing great. And you guys? We are absolutely beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. Cool. Cool. So what's going on? What do you got for us? Yeah, let's hear it. So, okay, you know, we've always talked about how to barbecue and all that. We've always talked about this, that, and everything else. So today, as I'm studying or kind of getting caught up on what to do today, I ran across I ran across something that I'd never really seen before. And so one of the questions I had put into the computer was wrapped pork spare ribs or unwrapped pork spare ribs. So as I was reading, there's a third option that I had never heard of. Cheesy, so, cheesy pork ribs? No, no. It's wrapped in butcher paper. What does so, that do for you? Well, what here's here's what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to send out to the listeners today. It's still kind of a three, two, one thing. And those of you that have listened before, three hours unwrapped, two hours wrapped, one hour unwrapped. So do the same thing. and But do a taste test with the wrap portion. Do one rib that's completely unwrapped the entire cook time. So you're probably looking at five and a half hours and you're going to season it the same way. You can do whatever you want to the same way. You're going to leave that open. Then the other one you're going to do, you're going to wrap in tinfoil after the three hours. You're going to wrap in tinfoil for two hours. And then you're going to do the third one where you wrap it in butcher paper and it's got to be that brown pink butcher paper. You can get it at grocery stores, cash and carry, even meat, um, meat markets, carry D&D. They'll probably give you some. So as I was studying the tape or the CD or the computer, uh, my age just showed there, um, <laughs> the uh, one group thought that the barbecue without anything was a little bit more, a little bit more flavorful, had a little more smoke to it. But what they found is the um, foil wrapped was more tender, but they had more of the seasoning flavor to taste over the char taste of an unwrapped. Interesting. Then came, yeah. Then came the barbecued paper or the, the butcher paper barbecued. So I think, because remember, it's all based on the meat and how good the meat is because meat can change, you know, even the same manufacturer, one rib could be totally different than the other rib. So one guy didn't like the butcher paper because he thought it was too tough. Well, that's, that's just, it's not cooked long enough and you might have to do a little bit longer. But the, but the second guy that did it, he thought the butcher paper actually had some more unique flavors to it over the foil paper and way more over the uh just the naked version of it just on the barbecue hmm. so i think everybody needs to try this i'm gonna try it this weekend with the butch paper and see what my thought is but i think it's very intriguing because you know the butcher paper is more of a relax around the meat it's not so tight like the uh like foil wrap would be mm-hmm. if you foil wrap it it's pretty tight so that steams it, so that's a different that's a different feel to cooking meat with that steaming in it. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. butcher paper actually kind of is looser, and there's a little more air getting in there to do its thing. How, so I think everybody needs to give this a try, and then let us know what they think. 
I want you to tell me, uh, how are you imagining that the butcher paper is going to react to the heat in the barbecue? I mean, is this paper going to, is it not going to catch on fire? No, it's like parchment paper type. It's, uh, but it's called, it's called pink butcher paper. It's not the white stuff you get in some in meat markets. This is the brown stuff. It's a, they call it pink butcher paper, and you can get it with your tinfoil area, um, where you can pick up tinfoils and uh, uh, bags and plastic bags and stuff like that. And so it's not going to catch fire. It will not catch fire. It's All like right. parchment paper. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, and and, you're, and think about it. You're really only doing two twenty five anyway. Um, low so and it's slow. Not low and slow. And uh, I, I'm really going to give it a try because, you know, I've been doing this a long time and it's so funny. I've never seen it before and I'm feeling kind of stupid that I haven't really known about it before. Um, but I'm going to give it a shot because it, it's intriguing because I'm anxious to see what the paper does with the air in there and what kind of things it does to the meat. Um, the ironic thing was when they did this the, in the foil and in the paper, the you know, we always talk about the inch of the meat coming down the bone, you know, yeah. it's ready then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened, but the dry didn't really go down that far to where it was not wrapped in anything. And keep one other thing in mind. This is huge. Everybody thinks when it comes off the bone, it's rock star. It is not rock star. You would lose a competition. Really? It is over. Yes. It's overdone. If it peels off the bone, you want a little pull and a little tear and just a little residual on the bone and that is done perfectly. So everybody goes, oh, they fell off the bone. Well, that's overdone, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, I definitely would never have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm going to give it a shot and see what happens because, uh, you know, uh, it sounds intriguing to me to try it and try all three and see which one you like. So we, you're going with the three, two, one in, yes. in this as well. And uh, that's three hours. Three hours wrapped, two hours unwrapped, and one no. hour wrapped. The opposite. Three hours unwrapped. Okay. Two hours wrapped, and then and now keep in mind that last hour. That last hour, they say an hour. It may be thirty-five. It may be forty-five minutes. Um, you don't need. Don't you know? You got to judge what the meat looks like. Okay. Um, yeah. You, yeah. You don't want to stick to those and then have it dried out and be wrong. And so, now, are you cooking to temperature? Or, I mean, let me clarify that question. Um, We see a lot of cooking shows on TV. And when they're talking about cooking meat, they don't say uh, you cooked that meat the right amount of time. They say that meat is the perfect temperature. Right. Yeah. You know, what what we've got here is paint to clear also. It's like we've talked about in the past. Um, I pretty much judge it by how far it's come down the bone. If you're a half inch to three quarter inch on the bone, you're 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 right there. If you go more than that, you're going to be overdone. If you go less than that, uh, it's not going to be done enough. And and it's really a good guy. You know, you kind of, you know, 165, you know, is the kind of the break even point for pork. Um, but like I said, it's pink to clear, you guys. Um, so many people overcook stuff. So many people do it wrong because they look at the temperature and then all of a sudden they've surpassed the pink to clear. And it's it's a dried piece of meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody is afraid, in my yes. opinion, everybody's afraid to undercook something because you know, they, guys, it, it's so true. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. See, in the old days, it was trichinosis and pork. Um, that's that's gone. That, that That's gone by the wayside. Uh, they're raised in a different environment now. Same with chicken. 
you know, it's pink to clear. That's the important part. Pink to clear. Don't overcook. You don't have to do it. Wow. Well, that's really, really, really good advice. I'm super excited to hear how that plant plays out for you, Pap. Uh, folks, if you're listening and you haven't had a Pappy dog, uh, from Max Finer Foods, you have got to try. Those things are absolutely phenomenal. And if you love Pappy's recipes, then you can, you'll understand why those dogs taste so awesome. Um, and you can get those dogs at Market of Choice, uh, World Foods. Soon to be back, Market of Choice and, and World Foods and those guys. We're about a nice. week away from and, new and Thriftway, and right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's what we've got going forward. Thank you so much, Pappy, for being on with us again today. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope you have an amazing week. You guys are awesome. Thanks. All right, Pappy. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Pap. All right. We've got to take another quick break, folks. When we come back, more myths don't go away. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Today we're talking about myths. Hey, Corey, you know what's not a myth? Uh, is that we have an amazing Instagram and Facebook page. And uh, I think that everybody should check it out if mm. they haven't already. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at WW Home Show. Uh, you can also get to our website by going to par.com, P-A-R-R.com. Uh, and click on the Weekend Warriors link. That'll take you to our website. Our website is actually www.homeshow.com. And we've got a ton of stuff on there. We've got a video podcast, how-to videos, quick tips, you name it. There's some goofy stuff and uh, and some really good quality stuff on there. Uh, you can just listen to our podcast also from that website. So go and check that out. We'd love to hear from you. you there's an opportunity for you to leave comments there. Uh, you can get our email addresses, all of that good stuff. If you haven't checked it out, certainly check it out. Uh, subscribe and like. Obviously, we love that. So let's get back to myths. Yes, myths. Myth, remodeling myths. But, you know, I want to change topic a little bit. I have a whole list of cleaning myths. Yes, some popular cleaning myths. A couple of these that got Corey and I actually uh, arguing between each other. Yeah, it's, we had a heated discussion. Yeah, it's it's uh, very interesting, actually. Let's just go through this list and uh, and talk about some of this stuff. The first one is bleach is the best cleaner for your bathroom. And now I immediately jump up and I'm like, that yes, it is. is straight up the truth, right? I actually made Corey rewrite this myth in order to make it fit for uh, the way I see that it should have been written. <laughs> well, the, the, the reasoning is that bleach is a disinfectant. It disinfects. It doesn't necessarily clean. It says, imagine trying to clean muddy feet. With hand sanitizer. I mean, they make a good point. <laughs> sure. But if hand sanitizer is all you've got, you're going to use it. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> but I, this is what I said. I said bleach alone. Uh, if you were to say that this is a myth, bleach alone is the best cleaner for your bathroom. That's true. You, If you're going to clean dirt, right, then you're going to need something that lifts the dirt up off of the surface that yeah, you're dirt, cleaning it from. soap scum those sorts of things yeah but if you but do, you are not going to have a clean bathroom if you only use that 
you need to also use bleach. Bleach needs to be used in the bathroom, in my opinion. And the uh, this lady says bottles, uh, combination, you know, household cleaners with bleach. You know, you see them with bleach. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says they're okay, but not as effective. Mm-hmm. Imagine trying to dye your hair by adding the color to your shampoo. It's kind of the same thing. It's so diluted Interesting, yeah. by the cleaner that it does. it's not doing that great of a job. She suggests just using diluted bleach water, putting that in a spray bottle, and spraying that down to sanitize. And she says that it has to stay on the surface for 10 minutes. Bleach has to stay on the surface for 10 minutes to kill germs. Yeah, I Did mean, you know that I, I don't I don't even believe that. I mean, I, I know that we're reading it. And the person who has typed it on here believes it, obviously. But um, I would need proof. Um, <laughs> you want me to Google search? I'll tell you what. How it long does it take bleach? To it doesn't germs? take bleach 10 minutes to turn your blue jeans white. <laughs> I mean, it, in my opinion, bleach starts working immediately uh, in my experience. But uh I would have to check into that, but I, I would not um, maybe use bleach alone, um, but I also might not leave it for 10 minutes. Uh, anyway, uh, bleach is uh, bleach is something that I enjoy using. Uh, I know that I've sprayed a an effective chemical when I walk out of a bathroom that's just been bleached <laughs> and I feel like it's clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got it. I got you. I'm feeling you. Okay, here's another one that uh, that Corey and I, you know, had a little conversation about, and I know it's down the list a little bit, but this myth is that cold water cleans clothes as good as hot water. Well, the myth is washing clothes in cold water doesn't get them clean, but in fact, it does. The detergent is actually what cleans the clothes, not the water. Well, how many times have you tried to remove something oily or greasy or sticky or thick or whatever from your hand and cold water just does not wash it off? I mean, you have to get hot water to dissolve that whatever it is that's on your stuff. Sure. Sometimes. Yeah. I feel like hot water is what dissolves the stuff. But are you washing your hands with Tide? Well, I, mean, I think that's the difference, I'm, right? I might be in a better situation if I was, but I still feel like hot you water clean is, your bathroom with is necessary to get things clean. Uh, anyway, uh, so you see where we're coming from there. but uh, Well, this, this gal says that uh, washing in cold water washes just fine, and it's actually better for your fabric, and it saves energy. And also, it says uh, very clearly on there that it, it doesn't fade colors. Well, too, and it doesn't, it, cold water won't sanitize your clothes like hot water does. Like, I'll wash all my whites in hot water. Interesting. To sanitize them. All right. Okay, okay. I need my undershirts sanitized. <laughs> <laughs> well, sticking with that washing machine. Yeah, washing machine. Uh, there is a common myth that wash uh, washing machines clean themselves. Don't they? My washing machine is... No. My no, washing machine don't. is clean. No. Have you ever left clothes in there for a little too long and then they get musty? Oh, yeah. That's, that's because... That's, yeah, so they sour. Yeah, you you need to wash your washing machine, especially if you have a front loader. Uh, a lot of the front loader washers, they they hold water in there, and that stuff just grows molds. You got to clean it. 
Uh, you can buy tablets. I buy tablets that I throw in there called Afresh. Yeah. Afresh. And uh, you throw it in there and run this little cycle that actually even says Afresh. Do they sell a self-cleaning washing machine? They sell a self-cleaning oven. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, an oven doesn't clean itself while it's cooking. That's literally what it does. It cooks and cleans. So you just can't have any food in there. Or it'll <laughs> well, that's what come saying. out crispy it has, a cl- it has a cleaning setting. Okay. The washing machine does. No, your oven. Oh. Self-cleaning oven. Okay. So but your washing machine, you have to clean it, but you have to use something. Uh, you could even use like uh, baking soda. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. Vinegar and baking soda. Put that in your washer. You know, here's a fun, here's an interesting one on that same subject. Yeah. Soap is self-cleaning. Soap is you, so, a why friend's, does soap need to be clean? <laughs> there was a friend's episode about this. Soap is a clean. When Joey Tribbiani was using uh, the other guy's soap. Yeah. And he says, well, you, what are you talking about? It's no big deal. It's soap is self-cleaning. He says, you think about that. The next time you take a shower, the last place I use it and the first place you <laughs> <Yeah>. use it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's that's some good stuff right there. Yeah, I don't think soap is self-cleaning. I agree with that. Here, I have never heard this myself, Corey, but um, but here it is right here. Too much vacuuming ruins your carpet. You know, I think this myth started when I was a kid. I told my mom that. If, you, if, you, if I vacuum it too much, it'll ruin it. Yeah, right. And I think it spread. Did she believe it? No. I don't know anybody who is guilty of vacuuming their carpet too much. I know a lot of people that are guilty of not vacuuming it enough. But there is a caveat to that, because if you do vacuum an oriental rug too much, you can ruin it. I would think that an oriental rug is probably fairly expensive. And I definitely would not want to ruin that. If you've got an oriental rug, get it off the floor and put it on the wall. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because it's probably expensive. No, you just have to get them cleaned uh, with the proper method. If you can afford to buy an oriental rug, you can afford to tell the people that come over to take their shoes off at the door. (laughs) Uh, Rugs and carpets are... uh, a filter and they filter out all of the nastiest things that you don't want to have in there. So, um, yeah, clean it properly. That makes sense. Here's an interesting myth that I've never heard is that coffee grounds are a great way to clean your garbage disposal. Totally false. They actually clog your drains, clog your pipes. Don't even put coffee grounds in down the sink. You want to throw those away. No, you know what I use? put them in the garden. Yeah, that's what I use my coffee coffee grounds for. Uh, Collect them and put them in the garden. It will make your garden grow. If you do want to clean your garbage disposal, do you know how to the best way to do it? I use citrus fruit like oranges and limes. Yeah, you can cut little uh, lime slices. Uh, A bad idea is to throw the entire lime in there or lemon. I've seen that. People have thrown entire lemons in there, and then your garbage disposal just like acts like it's going to blow up. Yeah, or, or come wobbling off there. But yeah. if you want to clean the teeth, like if it's gobbed up with uh, you know old food, try throwing uh, handfuls of ice in there ice. and grinding that up. Yeah, that'll help clean it out. Interesting. Okay. It looks like we're out of time, folks. we got to go. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here on the Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week.